Welcome to our October 23rd worship service from North Coast United Methodist Church. I hope you find home in the same people who give you hope. Today, as we search for our unity with the Holy Spirit, I pray through the music, the prayers, and today's sermon, through this scripture, you see the presence of the Holy Spirit guiding you to community. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Let's join together for our call to worship. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord. God is the hope of our salvation. The Lord blesses the earth with rain. God crowns the year with bounty. The Lord silences the roaring seas. God quiets the tumult of the people. The Lord gifts us with visions and dreams. God takes away our shame. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord. God is our hope of our salvation.
it's been three very long, hot, dry, parched years for these Israelites. But Elijah's back on the scene after being down at the river with the widow, with the son, with the ravens and the bread and the oil. And now he's back for that final epic showdown, ready to go, ready to prove that God really is the one to follow. What do you think is going to happen? I know. So he sits there and he says, let's go, guys. Let's do this. Let's, let's have that showdown. So Elijah's a gentleman. He's going to let all of these followers of Baal go first. They're going to build an altar and they are going to prove to Elijah once and for all that Baal is better. They're going to make it rain. So they build their altar, they sing, they dance, they chant. And what do you think happens? All day, all night until nightfall, they sang for him, they danced for him, they chanted. They did all of their things to get Baal. Let's go, let's go, dude, let's get it to rain. We need the rain. Come on, come on, come on. Nothing. Absolutely nothing nothing. Ball didn't even show up. Ball came nothing. Maybe his invitation got lost in the mail. I don't think so. Nothing happened. He wasn't going to come anyway. He didn't come for the past three years. He's not going to come today. No way. So Elijah decided to go and gather 12 stones for all of the tribes in Israel. And he got all of them and lined them all up to make his altar. And then he got all of the wood and compiled all of those up. But then he did something really curious. He poured all of the water on top of the wood. What, wait, 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 wait. It's all the water. What's he doing getting all that wood wet, right? Uh, okay, all right. But that's not gonna make it easier for God to light all that wood, right? Uh, okay, hmm, it's gonna make it harder, so now, as he's pouring all of that water out, okay, how's, how's God going to light that altar? Um, okay, and now he stands there and he says, God, if you're real, if you're there, help me light this altar. And then all of a sudden, whoosh, the altar lit right on fire, right in front of everyone. And everyone that followed Baal, instantly went, nope, I'm done with you, buddy. I'm done with you, Ball. I'm going to follow God. Because right there, that was proof that our God is so much bigger and so much better than anything else, right? Of course, that is all the proof that all of those people needed. But the thing is, is that God, Elijah really didn't have to do anything special. God was there all along, right? So, after that, God did bring it into all that drought. God brought all of that. All he needed was for all of those Israelites to just say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that we didn't believe in you. I'm sorry. Please forgive us. Because that's all God really ever needs, right? He just needs that. So God's story, it's really just that Elijah shows us that God is always dependable that he's always trustworthy. It doesn't matter how big our problem is, is that when we call on God, he's very quick to answer to us. That's all he needed that whole time. 
it might always, not always happen the way that we imagine it, but he cares for us. He's bigger than any problems we might have. And what's even better than us, he wants to help us through all of them. I hope you guys have a great week and I'll see you on Sunday. together in prayer. God of eternal return, our hope comes full circle when we find our rest in you. After times of exile, home beckons through the fellowship of those who share our journey, our struggles and strife, our hopes and prayers. Be with us in this time of worship that we may claim unity as your people and find grace in your fellowship. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's join together in the prayer that Jesus Christ taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's join together in our words of assurance. When our strength fails, God sends others to our aid. When we stumble and fall, God picks us up and brushes us off. Trust the one who never leaves us, the one whose steadfast love endures forever.
scripture reading today comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I give you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, you are not mere human beings. What, after all, is Apollos? And what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field. God's field. Let's join together in prayer. Precious and loving God, thank you for helping us grow. Thank you for guiding us to become the people you want us to be. Thank you for feeding us with knowledge and hope and opportunity. Today, God, as we look at this scripture from 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9, as we listen to the words of the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth, as we hack through and deal with everything that the Apostle Paul had to deal with in these conversations, we ask for you to be our guide. We ask for you to help us grow. We ask for you to open our hearts and our minds to receive what you're sharing. Be with us today in this conversation, Lord. In your son's precious name I pray, amen. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9 is a very compelling conversation today. We're going to we're going to deal with it scripturally today, and then I want to talk on Tuesday on the, i got to do the math in my head, on the, what's two days after the 23rd? On the 25th, we're going to talk about it livingly in, in the moment. So, let's get into this. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church of Corinth. So let's let's talk very specifically about what the apostle Paul has to deal with in his conversation. I want to want to set the scenery around our narrative before we get into it. Let's look at Corinth. Corinth was a major trade area, a lot of commerce there. Um, because of that, there's a lot of people coming in and out. It's a trade route. 
a lot of people coming out from different cultures, different uh, territories, uh, different life understandings. There's individuals that are coming in and out of Corinth that may not, could possibly, because, you know, the writings weren't done yet, had no idea who Christ was, has no idea the story of Christ's ministry. They have their own beliefs and religions that are coming into this area. So the Apostle Paul, who I have accredited many times as the first missionary, is meeting people who literally have no connection to the story, the reality of the ministry of Jesus Christ. So he has to share this message with people who saw Christ firsthand. He has to share this message with individuals that have heard inklings of the story over time. The Apostle Paul has to share this message with individuals who are fresh in the territory, have no idea. They've, they've lived rich, faithful, faith-based lives within an understanding outside of the ministry of Jesus Christ. That's everything that the Apostle Paul is doing. The other thing that the Apostle Paul is dealing with as he deals with his ministry in the church of Corinth is a reality that there are people who will, through their many varying journeys, will come in inspired by the reality and the story of Jesus Christ. They will become inspired by the message of the one who came and and listened to the lady at the well, listened to the lady who came to the table and asked for scraps from the king's table, will listen to the concerns and share narratives that empower those who have been disempowered, much like the conversation of the Good Samaritan, the one that gives strength and importance to the youngest of these. There's individuals in Corinth who will, through hearing Paul's message, will become inspired by it. But as they become inspired by this message, they also bring with them their journey. And this is important. Everyone's journey is important as we talk about our Wesleyan understanding of grace, provenient grace, justifying grace, and sustaining grace. We have a faith journey through provenient grace, especially these dear friends and individuals who have no idea who Jesus Christ is, have, have no connection to the story of the ministry. They didn't hear it firsthand. They haven't heard the rumbles or the rumors yet. But they have a journey that they've lived upon. And as they hear this message from the Apostle Paul, their journey will begin to mesh into it. Now, in some situations, that is a beautiful, awesome thing as we find new expressions of celebration. And, as we'll talk about Tuesday, Unfortunately, sometimes there is some baggage that we need to live, leave at the door when that we become, begin to go on this faith journey. So that's everything that the Apostle Paul has to deal with as he's sharing this ministry. 
in Corinth. So we we look at this and we're going to lay this out because now he's right now he's talking to people who have become leaders in the church. And these individuals have come through these many varying journeys and they want to affix things to the message that they're hearing. Uh, so much that they that they want to affix things that that there's quarreling and jealousy that's taking place from one or the other because if it's that way, then it's not my way, and if it's my way, it can never be that way. And everybody is trying to affix multiple journeys into this image of Jesus Christ that the Apostle Paul is sharing. I'm going to read for you verses 1 through 4 of this letter from the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth. It's 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 9. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not ready for it. I need to move the camera a little bit so I can read. Don't get seasick. For you're not ready for it. Indeed, you are still, you're still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, you are not worldly. Are you not acting like... Okay, now I know where the emphasis is. My dyslexia is dealing with me today and as as you've seen in these videos i i don't edit them i want you to hear the true me i'm gonna start the scripture over brothers and sisters i could not address you as people who live by the spirit but as people who are still worldly mere infants in christ i gave you milk not solid food for you were not ready for it indeed you're still not ready you are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? So, here's what's happening. We have these individuals that begin to affix important images to the faith practice that is developing in their lives. And the, this faith practice is becoming so developed in their lives and so important in their lives that they want to share it with other people. They want to pass on this connection that they have built in their lives. They want to pass on and to share with other people that this growing, thriving, important understanding that exists in their lives, but they can't get out of their own way as they do it. And as they do it and they hear other people sharing it, it becomes not the conversation of, okay, well, that's very interesting. Why do you feel that way? Oh, that's an important fact that I've never thought of. Why 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 are you stirred in that way instead of having the conversation about those things it's becoming the argument of defending an individual defending what they feel and what they think 
over a fruitful conversation of finding the center solid ground that we can all move forward and thrive in and that center solid ground always being the reality of Jesus Christ now some of that explaining that I shared with you that most definitely happened in the church of Corinth because this is still the new way this is still very new very fresh uh, this is still something that hasn't had thousands of years of conversations to have a rooted understanding as well, we are truly talking about an individual and the Apostle Paul who are going to places for the first time and sharing a new message with people who are hearing it for the very first time. So it's that new. And it's so new that we are still having these individual conversations that it's not just these people that are still babies in the faith. The faith is still this new thing that is growing into its identity. So we have people that want to represent what they see as a vibrant, fruitful part of their connection to the faith, which is a very beautiful thing but not at the expense of it becoming an argument and showing others contention and jealousy and quarreling as we're trying to display this new way of peace love and understanding i want us to think about that for a moment and we'll talk about this much deeper on tuesday as we deal with the reality that Paul, the Apostle Paul from day one, is trying to both affirm the provenient grace journey of these individuals finding the message of Jesus Christ in their lives and sharing with them the importance of what it means to be able to grow in something new and be transformed into something new. So, the quarreling becomes, well, who opened the door for him? And this is where the Apostle Paul paints a very important picture. Are you not acting mere like mere humans? For one says, I follow Paul, and another says, I follow Apollos. Are you not mere human beings? Now, there's, there's a layered response in this, because one says, I follow Paul. One says, I follow Apollos, and, and they're human. They're, they're the people. They're the people that had a very important responsibility in the lives of these individuals that want to be leaders in the faith. They're the ones that open the door for them to be introduced to it and understand it. Now, it's, it's real easy to affix important images to our faith life and our faith growth and our faith development and that too is very important i am not sitting here in my office at 16 uh, 1501 kelly street in oceanside california without palmer lowry being the first sunday school teacher that really caught my attention without brad Ben Singer being the first chaplain in college that showed me that God truly loves me without John Farmer at First Church of Bristol, Tennessee, who took an active interest in a new youth director without so many 
dear, dear friends from John Nagel, Terry Van Hook, Dick George, Brian Kent, Leanne Shaw, who all took investment inference in me, and I'm here because of these people. But I don't follow all those people. All those people hold a very important place in my life to get me where I've gotten, but I don't say that I follow them. I I follow Christ, and we're going to get into this, but we're still in the mere growth areas, and as we still talk about Socrates and Aristotle and their methods of teaching, that that's what's happening with this. They, these people are prescribing what they understand by the teaching message of the teacher that taught them. Just as much as we still know the Socratic method, that we still talk about Aristotle, people are applying these teaching methods to what they understand in their faith. So, hey, I follow Paul. Well, I follow Paulus. These are differences, and you're wrong, and I'm right, and I'm right, and you're wrong. So the Apostle Paul has to change the narrative, and that's where we pick up in number, verse 5. After all, and are, are you not mere human beings? Are we not mere human beings? And he's going to add to that, starting with verse 5. What, after all, is, what after all is in Paulus, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. Labor, for we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's fields, God's building. So, Paul puts his own identity in place. God, uh, Paul puts Apollos' own image in place. I love this. It's not who is Paul, it's what is Paul. What is Apollos? They, this imagery that, yeah, you know what? The, that provenient grace journey that I had a blessing to be a part of, that provenient grace journey that Apollos had to had a blessing to be a part of, the seed planter, the water pourer, everybody that fed the seeds to grow, all important. We had an important place in that, but not the most important place. Not the place that should draw the most interest and not the place that should be sparking this jealousy and quarreling that's taking place. The Apostle Paul both acknowledges his place in a very fruitful, wonderful faith journey, and the Apostle Paul turns the focus on where that the praise and the glory should be. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. And then he says that we'll be awarded for our labors, but we're just the co-workers too. We are co-workers in God's service. 
you are God's field and God's building. So, through the Apostle Paul, giving an acknowledged level of importance, both in his works, both in Apollos' works, the seed planter in the water, he's able to try to turn this focus over to what matters is it's the work that God is doing in you. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So that everyone can start focusing on what matters. Not the one that introduced the story to them. And in some cases, not the provenient grace journey that we bring also with it some baggage that we need to leave at the door as we begin. And again, we'll talk about that Tuesday. Baggage that we need to leave at the door. But also, but also, the reality that it's God doing the work, God doing the transformation. God who through Christ walked with us, died, buried, and was resurrected and conquered sin for us. It's God that should receive the focus and not the person that told the story. Although that they have an important part of the journey. But the reality that all of this opens a door for God, for God to help us grow in a new ways and help us produce the fruits of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control so that we can do great and wonderful things in our lives. So there's a quick explanation of what's happening in the scripture. Now, normally in my scriptures, I would, in my sermons, I would have already shared with you, well, how does that apply from now? I wanted to lay this whole foundation down today so that we could have a deeper conversation on Tuesday on how this all applies to now. But we need to know the foundation. One, we need to be grateful, so very grateful for the one who introduced us to our journey. But we need to not to affix deity to that, which was slowly happening in this conversation at Corinth. But we need to realize that we are all co-workers in Christ and there's workers that have helped us become the workers that we need to be and we should be grateful for them. But we should also remember the second point that I want you to take from today's conversation, which is it's God that's doing the transforming. And we should stick with God through that transformation and grow through it. Thank you for listening to this conversation. My name is is the Reverend Michael Drew Davis. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen. We'd like to have the opportunity to get to know you. Please email us at ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying our services online, please email us. Please say hello. Again, that's ncumcinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you'd like to give to our church, please go to northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Again, that's northcoastumc.org and click on the Give button. Thank you for joining us. Let's join together in our prayer of giving. Bountiful God.
We are overwhelmed by your generosity. You water the earth with your life-giving rain. You clove the meadows with flocks. You deck the valleys with grain. You crown the year with your bounty. We give you thanks, O God, and return to you the fruit of our labor on this good green earth. Receive our gifts with humble thanks and receive our hearts into your keeping. Amen. Let's join together for our closing benediction. As God has called us into unity, now God sends us forth in peace. In the spirit of the Holy One, may we bring God's dreams of love and Christ's vision of justice 
through all the world. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. God is love. Amen.